Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, As always, I'm your host, Mike, and joining me... Hello, this is Brian. As always, I feel like whenever I try to introduce you, you don't say anything. (laughs) I kind of zoned out for a second. Not gonna oh, lie. Well, good, good to know. Just right, right before we start recording. But anyway, uh, yes. Uh, just welcome to the show. Welcome to Amateur Art Tours, the podcast where every week we uh, have a discussion about a movie. Uh, last, last episode we uh, discussed an interesting film, uh, Waltz with Bashir. That was um, interesting, interesting discussion. You know, I mean, good, uh, good. You know, getting diversified in the movies and everything. Yeah, it was. It was, it was worth it. Th- it was a good discussion. It was worth it. I think. Yeah. It, I'm, no, I, th- I feel like every movie we discuss is going to be um, good. I, I mean, it was just interesting because you... I feel like it was more of a you kind of movie. Whereas oh, yeah. Well, it was actually kind of interesting. Um, I think after we had this... Uh, the podcast for D- Walter Bashir, I actually was asked to talk in my professor's class that I had, that I watched that movie in. And I actually, you know, went up in front of the class and kind of had, like, a mini-podcast where I just restated some of the things. It was kind of funny. One of the girls said, like, she didn't get it. Like, why is there animation? Why was it edited oh. the way it was? And I kind of, you know, I didn't grill her, but I was like, oh, well, well here's it how it is. Grilled. Okay. No, no that's and, and then she actually, they actually, I could see that they were feeling, you know, they actually were getting what I was saying, and I was really interested in that. And also, they said that, you know, I was kind of... A little shocked that they no, no one really liked the movie up to that point. They finished it, but you know I was like, oh wow, like I really really liked the movie. What do you mean they didn't like? They didn't like it. They said you um, said up to that point. Like which point? Like as in up to the point p- before my discussion? Because oh. they didn't really. I feel like they did. They needed like a a student to really talk about it and b to really. Well, they didn't really think about some of the things I said until I said it. I feel like it's just a very. I, don't, I mean, I guess it's, it's challenging. It is a challenging yeah. movie, and it. It isn't for that. Waltz with Bashir is not for an audience that just kind of likes to sit back and not yeah. think during. It's movie. not for it's your really casual a, moviegoer. It's an intelligent movie, and not to say that if you're a casual moviegoer, you're not intelligent. You won't get it. Well, it's just it's for somebody who wants to actually think. You know, while they watch, it's if like casual moviegoer, you know, you might want to turn off your brain, just have a good time with it. Waltz with Bashir, it requires a little bit more. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, it's it's a very intelligent movie that kind of. It asks a little bit more than your average yeah. movie. But we but talked, listen to the last episode <laughs> if you want to get to that. So, yeah. task at hand. So, like I said, that was a very interesting episode. And uh, now moving on, uh, this episode, uh, this is my recommendation. And I really thought long and hard, hard about this as we keep getting up uh, in more movies. Um, I, I really just keep thinking what I really would like to talk about. And, you know, I was just thinking... And I decided to pick another documentary, um, a documentary that I really love. And this this episode of Amateur Tours, we will be talking about Exit Through the Gift Shop. Uh, it came out in 2010. It was directed uh, supposedly by Banksy. Uh, it is starring Banksy, uh, Terry Guetta, who is also known as Mr. Brainwash, and Shepard Ferry, and a slew of other uh, street artists, which... 
I, I mean, expression? I think these are the three main. What was that? Is that a real expression, like a slew? I don't know. Maybe? I, I don't know. It anyway, is now. Is anyway. it not a sl- I thought it was. I don't know. It just, I thought that was funny. But anyway. Is it not? Sorry to break Did your I... train of thought. What were you saying? A slew. Oh, now we gotta look it up. Yeah. A slew of. Wait. Brian, what? I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, so, <laughs> a lot of different uh, street artists are featured in this uh, documentary. And I uh, I decided, I ultimately picked this uh, this film to talk with Brian is because I have a really strong, uh, I guess, connection to street art. And this kind of, this movie, as much as these other films that I've picked, this really has a strong, this resonates strong with me. Um, before I get into my exposure, because it's going to be a nice, uh, it's, I have a lot of exposure to this. Brian, what, what what was your exposure to this film before this podcast, or? Uh, well, I know you really liked it, um, like, even just from the past. I remember you talking about it. Um, you know, you really, even, like, because you did art in high school, and, like, you still kind of, I don't know if you still well, that's what I was going to, I was going to get into that. Yeah, I'm so, well, I'm, that's my exposure. You. <laughs> like, you really got into that kind of scene, and, like, even what you were doing, I liked you know, watching you kind of do your art, um, it was, I mean, you actually were pretty good at it, um, you know, um, but I guess, ter- and like, me, personally, I really have no experience with graffiti art, I like, I mean, I like how it looks, I mean, but besides the fact of, that I like the aesthetics of some of it, I really have no personal involvement in doing it, or knowing what it's about, I don't know really who any of these people are, besides Banksy, but that's, because, you know, Banksy is, you know, the epitome, you know, the big head honcho of, I guess, the face of street art, in my opinion, uh, just as an outsider. Um, but, I mean, I like, you know, I like some of the famous Banksy designs. And also, he's the most, well, he's not the most, but from what I've seen, he's got the most political attention. You know, he's done a lot of, I think they mentioned in the movie, like, with the West Bank and um, and Gaza and stuff like that. Um, and also his... Uh, um, what is it? Some of his other, you know, political type, you know, art central focuses. Um, but, you know, I and I went into this movie knowing literally nothing, um, just at the, you know, suggestion of Mike here. And, you know, I liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. So, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, so, just to reiterate, you kind of had little to no exposure to this. Yeah, none. before. Just kind of heard about it from me. So, alright. Um, and that's one reason why I picked this film, is that I knew you had little exposure to it, and I wanted to expose you to it. So, now on to me. I, as Brian was mentioning earlier, and I said <coughs> previously, I really, this this film really kind of resonates really deep with me. Um, I really got into art uh, my sophomore year. I had to take it as a high school cre- high school art credit. And, uh, and one of my, uh, one of my friends that I met through that class, he, uh, we just started talking about just different forms of art. Uh, the teacher was really trying to, you know, get, get us to experiment with different forms of art and kind of step out of our comfort zone. And so I was trying out different things. Uh, Brian said the art I do, I I mostly just do some sketches here and there. Uh, you know, just when I'm bored, it, it takes up some time, but, uh, I guess, some people find them good, and and maybe maybe I'll post them uh, to our Facebook page or Instagram. Whatever, whatever, maybe we'll see. But 
from there, I, f I found graffiti art, and and I found, like, a Banksy book. One of my, my other friends who really liked art gave me a graf uh, Banksy book. And I was looking through, and I really was captivated by these images. And and ever since, I just haven't been able to shake the those like those feelings that I've that that I had when I first saw them. Uh, throughout high school, I tried uh, dabbling in some uh, uh, stencil, uh, never never legally. I was just trying, you know, just trying to get it on my own. And it continued into uh, my college career. Last last year, I was writing papers defending. Uh, graffiti art as an art. I was critiquing people uh, on their their articles that were either defending or attacking it. And 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 again, it goes into Brian this summer um, where Brian. <laughs> I'm I'm paying attention to you. So it, it goes into the summer when we went into D.C. ran our first 5K with our sister who lives in D.C. and we found the uh, the um, abandoned art in D.C. Yeah. So. And that and that was also really cool to actually see. I don't want to consider that as graffiti art, which I guess we'll get into like a definition of that as we get into it. But just seeing street art and like in person, and I don't know. I just really, really like this documentary. It it's one of my favorite documentaries. It's probably tied with Murder Ball, which we'll probably cover at some point in here. I have no idea what that is. Murder Ball. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll definitely get to that at one point, but that's another discussion. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know, I'm just so engrossed by the story and by the art. And, you know, maybe by, by the controversy, maybe that's one reason I like this kind of art. But, so, we're really going to jump into it now. Uh, so, exit through the gift shop. Just a, as a little summary, it's the rise of Mr. Brainwash, a.k.a. Terry Guetta, as he ascends into the world of street art. And that's just what the film shows. Now, I have a question for you, Brian, and I know this is this is kind of like a popular idea of this documentary. Is do you think there's kind of like a hidden agenda, or like another agenda, um, a popular idea is that uh, Banksy made this, and that Terry Guetta is just kind of like an, a character, uh, just to kind of tell an interesting story, or you know, it's it's not like he's just. Uh, a, an exaggeration of someone. So you're saying that's what it actually like, is? That like I don't I don't think that's. No, case. Are you asking? Is the question is is Mr. Brainwash kind of like a, an exaggerated fabrication in in terms of like telling a story? Is that what you're asking? Uh, yeah, I I mean that's that's one way to interpret it. But what was was, was that the question though? Or? Yeah, let's let's go with that. I don't think so. I mean I don't know enough about it anyway. Uh, all I know is is what they showed in the movie, and really it it doesn't necessarily, I guess to me, illustrate like why sh why should Banksy create this character um, to illustrate this point. Um, I mean, I mean that's not. I mean, I guess that that is a question you can ask, but like, is it real? Should you really be asking it? Like, what is? Does it really matter if it was fabricated or not? I don't know. I I, I mean, to me, I don't think. I think. That this character is like that. That is t like Terry is Terry. Like he's not. Yeah, I'm just gonna an say actor. no. I'm just gonna say Terry is Terry. No, I don't, I don't really like you. to buy into those big, uh, like oh, the, like the hidden meaning of this. Like I, I honestly think that this is just pretty clear cut. But I guess people ask that because Banksy is really kind of known for having stunts like this, um, kind of like trying to fool the audience, but or not like fool, 
people, but also, like, entertain them at the same time. So, I don't know, I just thought that was an interesting question. But, um, so, without further ado, let's get into the film itself. So, we jump in, and I absolutely love this opening montage. Um, I don't know if what your feelings were on it. What were your feelings on the opening montage? I liked it. Um, I'm kind of... I mean, I remember it was very... From what I remember, it's kind of... I've only... I watched the movie twice for this in preparation. I remember, like, it was very... It definitely caught my attention immediately. And I think that really sets... It's a re- Banksy does an amazing job of, like, setting the pace and establishing this style. Because even initially, um, I always was thinking back to the... Um, to the intro, and then as it was focusing on Terry, and I didn't know Banksy directed this movie until maybe halfway through. I'm like, okay, he's had to have done something well, creatively. With it this. says directed. No, okay. Banksy film. Uh, I must game. have missed it. No, no, no. I thought like that was like a publisher or something. Like I always saw like, oh, Terry made the movie and Banksy made it, or, like published it or oh, something. Okay. But the point is like I didn't know Banksy really directed it, but it automatically caught my eye, and I said, oh, like this is something to pay attention to. It actually. Um, um, it was like I remember like being like kinetic and very like popping. Um, yeah, it's this this montage. One of the things I really like it. There's a there's a lot of reasons. First off, well, the whole montage is just artists like street artists at their like doing their profession, doing like doing what they excel at. And the song, I absolutely love the song. Mm-hmm. It's "Tonight the Streets Are Ours" by Richard Hawley, and it's just that's like it's a really energetic and. Uh, just like captivating song, but also sets the pace for like that's this is how the movie's gonna play out. It's not gonna slow down. Yeah, and also like tonight the streets are ours. It li- like you could take that literally, just like the streets are the artists. It's no yeah. one. It's 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 like your streets are now mine, and I think that's like if you want to take that in a literal literal way, it's there, um, and I think that's that, that's obviously what it, what Banksy's trying to convey. Yeah, and one one of the interesting things about this montage is that it's a uh the way i viewed it it was like a little picture window and it was the way that i thought of it was kind of like a tv like you're watching it uh like kind of through a tv and it just and it, it like it directs all the attention and it's easy to see so there's nothing really going on it's just really focused and centered and one thing that i caught uh is at least in my opinion is that um it was this, I guess, filmmaking technique of catching or directing the eye, and the the an example I can think of this is they did it in Mad Max, and, like uh, in Fury Road, in that you direct your audience's attention through um, just what's going on on screen, and so I I feel like. When something was going on, it would cut to something else, and your eye was already there, so you could see whatever was going on. So Banksy, or whoever directed this, we'll just go with Banksy, made you see what he wanted you to see. And I think that's just clever filmmaking. Well, that is what filmmaking is about. The director is... That's on, that's I know, on but I, direct, I think directing the eye is something it's, that is very... I don't want to say oh, difficult, doing but it well. Doing it well takes... Which I th- I'm trying to say that he did well. But that's a huge part of visual storytelling, and that is what Banksy does. Uh, he is a visual storyteller, and... You know, uh, yeah, some people do it better than others, and I think in this case, Banksy is one of the masters at doing this. Because um, he knows, you know, what... You know, where to 
point the camera where to, where you should look, where you're looking. Um, so, yeah. I think in this, yeah, you know, Banksy does a great job at it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I really like this. But I also, it this intro shows the um, different variations of art or street art in that it shows, like, uh, spraying, stencils, like, uh, free spraying, stencils, uh, chalk, uh Pasting posters, etc. It just it shows a multitude of well, different things, and also it shows so many variations of street art. I mean, I'm kind of just looking yeah, at it now, and the little I just said. No, 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 <laughs> no. You said like different techniques. I mean, no, different... I just said I said variations of street art. No, you. But then you said like posting, painting, stuff yes, like that. And variations I mean, of no, but art. I mean where you do it. You know, you can do it on a street sign. People are doing it on walls of buildings. A guy was doing it on a moving train. Like, a train was moving past him. He was just throwing paint at it. Like, that's what I mean. Oh. And that you can do it and apply it in any situation. You're talking about the technique. I'm talking about the locale. Okay. Alright. Sorry. The misunderstood. But, um... Yeah, and then it also... I think we're also forgetting the size of, um... Of what it is. So, some can be really big. Some can be gigantic. Gigantic. Some can be just as little as a little catchphrase on a wall. Some can be like a giant uh, obey on a on like a on a billboard, and um, it could be as simple as like a little line. You know? What yeah. I mean? so, yeah. And and my two favorite, I guess, scenes from this montage uh, is like kind of in the middle. Is there's a there's a kid. I'm with. He's on someone's shoulders and he's drawing on a no parking sign. And I also like the ending. Um, mm-hmm. Where it kind of shows just how like how, how elusive this yeah how whole. yeah how elusive people can be or these artists can be uh it has the cops are chasing an artist and he pretty much parkours up a side of a building and up onto a bridge and the cops can't get him yeah and he just runs away and the cops obviously can't get him so <clears throat> I don't know I just really like this intro it's really captivating it's energetic and it just enthralls you in what's going on uh, I don't know did you have any other nope. We got it. Okay, so that was the opening montage. And then we cut the black, and we get our intro to Banksy. And he's a dark figure. His voice is di- uh, distorted. Uh, it's very mysterious. Uh, in, his, in the background, he has, uh, you know, just some just just typical bit... graffiti. You can tell he's, like, in a workshop or something like that. Yeah. And, and so and <clears throat> he opens up. They ask him, like, why are you making this documentary? And he says... Well, a guy tried to make a documentary about me, but he was more interesting. And another thing, kind of like Banksy's humor, is he's like, he's like, oh, it's not gone with the wind, but it's, it's, it is what it is. And he just says it so, just matter-of-factly. And so, that's a short intro to Banksy. And then we get into our main focus of this documentary, uh, Terry Guetta. And... Right off the bat, I don't know if I like this guy or not. Um, as the film progresses, we'll talk about um, whether that changes or not. Because I, there are some points that I really do like Terry, and then there are some points that I really do not like Terry. Um, so what about what about you, Brian? What are your first impressions of of Terry I, when he's introduced? I honestly thought like he yeah, I thought he was kind of um, annoying. Um, but uh, and that really doesn't really changed throughout the whole thing. I just don't like his personality. He's very jumps. He's like very jumpy, very jittery, very um <laughs> it's like it's like a Tommy boy when he's like I'm Jojo the idiot sir boy with a new pretty new pet. He's kind of like that. He's just jumping off the walls. He doesn't he seems like he doesn't really get like 
so how some of the things actually work, and I guess you can kind of get into that later when he actually gets delves into street yeah. art and becomes Mr. Uh, what's I'm sorry, what's his name, Mr. Brainwash. Brainwash. Um, like, but I guess to go off of like how you kind of change and how you saw him, and then I think ultimately you don't like him. Um, yeah, I, I you know we'll get into that. Um, but I mean I guess we'll get into it also when you when we get to the end of the film. I. It's. I'm just gonna st- say it right now. Is I'm. I'm an artist of a different matter. I'm not a street artist. I don't draw. I don't illustrate. You know. I'm a writer. Um. You know. I'm a. Like I'm a visual kind of guy. Like we. Here we are. The amateur auteurs. You know. Film podcast. Uh, we both love film, and I'm a writer. So it's like I am an artist of a different medium. So I think it's a little harder to for me to appreciate. Uh. I guess the kind of the the blight that I guess some some of the street artists think that Terry has done. I can actually sympathize with you guys, though, just in trying to, you know, connect with it, um, but we'll get on to that later. So I guess just going into this review, just I'm kind of outside of all this. Just something to note. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because, like, I view Terry as... Like, I see him as an artist, and, and then, like, the non-artist and the artist. And I don't know which I dislike more. I don't I don't know if I, if I don't like his personality or if I don't like his artist's personality. But like I said, there are a few things that I, like, kind of agree with him on, and then there are things that I don't agree with him on. And I think as this goes on, we're going to have an interesting discussion of what we think art is because yeah. I think that's what a lot of people they like a lot of people don't consider him an artist and I can see their valid points but like I I, we'll, I, I we'll think, definitely yeah, we'll get into the philosophy of art later on but this is going to be a good good conversation yeah <laughs> but so we'll just get right into our intro with Terry uh, he's a French born uh, he's an immigrant living in L.A. He lives in the Bohemian district of L.A., so he, I guess he just has an inherent weird sense, or quote-unquote weird or strange or uh, avant-garde like sense of mm. like art. If you just look at the guy, he <laughs> looks avant-garde. I like, I like how Banksy first describes him later in the documentary when you first meet him. He's like, oh, he looks like someone from the 1860s with these like weird mutton chops and and like this bit like this like over the top like personality and so and like they're they're, they're kind of discussing him like oh he lives in this district and he kind of like i guess he's a businessman at heart which is actually now that i say that is very important to remember because like when they're talking about his like he owns a shop in in that bohemian district and he says oh i'll take like a shirt that has like a like a misprinting or like or like something is like wrong with the shirt and he'll take it and for like I don't know 30 bucks and sell it for like a thousand dollars he's like I just and so and he's like oh because it's it's designer and so it's it's interesting because like he's it's it it, it introduces that idea that he's a businessman first which I think is why a lot of people don't consider him an artist because of what he does later on. Is that he's more about the money and not the art. But I don't know. I thought that was just an interesting thing to start off with. And they said, oh, Terry has a strange like obsession and it's he carries a camera around. So, and I also took that as like he's an addictive personality, which as the film goes on, he has an immense addictive personality, especially to 
the adrenaline of of graffiti art. Um, it also shows that he's determined uh, in that, especially in that point of like filming like celebrities and stuff, which. I guess you can see, like, that's kind of the per- part of the personality that is very annoying. Because he, he's one of, like, he acts like a paparazzi in that he shoves a camera in someone's face, but he's not a paparazzi at the same time, so he's just an annoying asshole. And I mean, I kind of, I think that, I kind of think that shows his, you know, ambition. Just the fact that he's willing to do that. Just, he doesn't need to do that, but he is doing it. I mean, I think that just kind of shows to his character Wait, of, like, ambition for what? What? Is like, it, what is his ambition? And like, I, filming he does, everything? That's the thing, he doesn't really know, but whatever, like, he just has, like, kind of this potential that has no, he has no idea what he's gonna use it for, but he just kind of goes out, sees, like, Jay Leno films him, and then sees Shaq films him. I don't think it's that he, he like, he, he, he finds these people and films them, he just has no, a camera, yeah, and, and he, he goes, no, I think he goes out to look for them. I don't know, I just think he just walks around with a camera everywhere, and then he happens to see Shaq, he happens to see Jay Well, yeah, Leno. like, that he happens but, to see, I mean, like, but why does he bring the camera i mean like because he thinks you know there's obviously something worth filming well he gets into why he carries a camera and i guess we can jump again a little bit terry jump he he carries a camera in that um with his early childhood he lost his mother and he was constantly moving around with family and when he finally became a man and had his own family he was afraid that he was going to miss everything so he decided to film everything because in i guess in a sense you film it and it lives on for eternity it's not just in your mind so you can constantly go back to it um now that i have to comment on that later on because he kind of kind of goes against what he says um but we'll get to that in a second so uh and, like, I have, I have my notes that at this point, like, Terry annoys me. He doesn't know when to stop. Um, he just keeps going. And that also, it's like, it, it helps him at the same time. That he doesn't know how to stop. And he actually repeats him. He actually says that later on in the film. He says, I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. So he just keeps filming and filming and filming. So I think that that really helps him. And it puts him in the situations that he gets into later in this film. So, and actually, we'll talk about that right now, in that that he keeps filming everything. Um, this is how he gets involved, in, and so heavily involved in the street art. Um, in that, okay, so his introduction to this graffiti art, or street art, is his cousin, who is apparently uh, a French graffiti artist who goes by the name of Space Invader, just like the video game, and and he figures out a new way to express himself, and he just is so captivated by this form of art that he just wants to film it, and and so wh- what did you what did you think of his introduction, Brian? Like, did you think it was like really special, or like did you think like it just so happened, like he just was filming everything? Like, I don't Who's know, Space what, Invader, or what? Like what did you what did you think of his exposure to the street art? Oh, I thought you, oh I thought you meant his intro to Space Invader. Or do you mean like how he no, just kind of was filming? Well, Space Invader is his cousin, so no, that's what I was saying. I was like, oh, he's related, but um, oh, you mean like so his intro to um graffiti art and like how he just was like filming? Yeah, just like or... what did, what did you think of? Like, did you think that was like really interesting? How it's kind of starts? It literally starts super small. It kind of starts in like 
It starts with kind of like little Easter eggs that you like. That's how I would view it. Like you, you kind of just barely see it, and they're just kind of scattered in random spots throughout. Uh, I guess Paris or just anywhere. Oh, sorry about that. And and then he, so he starts with a small thing, and then towards the end of his or like later on his career, he's just onto bigger and better things. So what did you? I thought that was an interesting idea, in that he starts small. Especially with Space Invader. Yeah, I, I you actually just said it pretty well. Like, it's very interesting. Like, I, I took it to, like... I liked how it just started small, you know, and then got progressively bigger into its own animal. Um, And then, you know, is that, you know, a good or bad animal, like, you know, yet to be seen? Um, That's kind of how all things start. Yeah, and also, I, I keep thinking of... um. Especially with in regards to Terry, I keep thinking of Malcolm Gladwell's um, Outliers. I don't know if you've read the book. Vaguely. Okay, well, you should definitely about. read the book because it's very interesting. Well, the book, <clears throat> it, it's Gladwell is trying to kind of define success and not success in like what like this is, this is successful and this isn't. Um, but, like, kind of put a formula to it. Like, there's everything is explainable. Like, success isn't just, like, a phenomenon that you can view and just be like, oh, yeah, some people do, some don't. Like, there's a mathematical formula to it. And um, one of them, one of the chapters, I think it's one of the first chapters, is all about uh, pretty much luck and circumstance. And um, so pretty much what I'm trying to say is here is that Terry was in the exact right situation and circumstances to get into street get into street art. Um, Gladwell uses the example of Bill Gates uh, because he, when he was in high school, he went to one of the only high schools that had like computers that he could program on, so he could just sit there for hours on end and program, which gave him the experience to. Um, to op to, to to open like Microsoft and do what he d d like does, and I'm applying that here in that the the film has its introduction of street art and what it is to maybe an audience that isn't really familiar with what it is, and the way they just, the the film describes is that street art is like a new generation's form of art and that they can make their mark in any way, and where. The, the situation comes in is that uh, I'm a, this is like 1990s, early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s when the internet was becoming really prevalent and like new technology. Uh, so like with new technology and the internet, uh, quoting the movie, temporary becomes permanent and it becomes act like accessible at a global scale. So it's like a countercultural movement. So Terry literally got involved at the perfect moment because he had a he had a uh, a camera that like artists saw like oh Terry can give us exposure so like he should come around with us and that's why a lot of he meets a lot of artists and why they let him film them because they're like this is going to give us exposure that the graffiti art movement has never gotten so i think that's really interesting um and then Right from that intro, we go... I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, maybe, like, what I just said uh, before we move on? Well, I think... Well, I mean, I think that's interesting, and that's a... Yeah, I actually thought that, too. Like, he was kind of just in the right situation at the right point. Um, and, I mean, I think... And it's and that's not, like, an isolated incident where, like, that 
is known to happen to a lot of other people before. I mean, like, even just, like, in terms of film, like, you know, like, you had the, the new wave of, uh, you know, independent filmmakers in the 90s, what with, like, Paul Thomas Anderson and Tarantino and uh, Kevin Smith. It's like Guy it's Ritchie. The, yeah, and Guy Ritchie and, um, like, Darren Aronofsky like, and uh, a few more. And I'm saying... Yeah, that's that's just kind of what happens, um, and yeah, I think that's and I, that's very interesting, and I think yeah, it it, it kind of goes into like it, sometimes and it and it doesn't even not in terms of Terry's case, it's like I'm um, not necessarily are you ready or like should you do it? It just it happens, and and then you just kind of go <clears throat> from there. Yeah, so going off that, uh, we go right into Terry in Paris, and he goes. Well, one of the street and like there's a lot of introduction to different um, street artists, and they asked him, "Oh, like what do you do? Like this is our passion. What is your passion?" He says, "Filming is my passion," which is interesting because it is a oh I don't know it is his passion because he just films literally everything, and we were introduced to a lot of different I guess techniques and like forms of graffiti art so. We're understand like we un- like the audiences understand understands that the artist's gallery is outside like the world is their gallery, and a lot of artists like there's a lot of different reasons but one of the like prominent reasons that street artists get into it is the thrill of everything they feel alive like they're going out and doing something illegal they're going out and they're make they're leaving their own personal mark and. Now, like, I think it's interesting in that Terry, he, before he was just, like, aimlessly filming shit for the, just for the sake of filming, and now he has, like, a focus for this film, and this go now, I think Banksy, we have an interview with Banksy, and he says that street art has a short lifespan, so we, it, like, artists need someone to document it, which, like, again, what I said earlier is why... I feel like a lot of artists let Terry, someone they didn't really know, who had a camera, film them doing something illegal, but they wanted someone to document it. And uh, Banksy goes to say Terry knew how to use a camera, and which is also kind of funny because immediately when they say that, it cuts to Terry almost breaking his camera. So. <laughs> Like I don't know, like I don't know if you remember, because it's like, oh yeah, he knew how to use a camera, and then he's walking and like runs into a mailbox. He's like, fuck, and it was just, it was really funny, and and <laughs> I, it made me think. I'm like, is Terry like the guy that all these artists should trust? And I think the film, so essentially Banksy. I'm pretty sure that Banksy says no, he is not that person that they should trust. But my I guess my response to that is like the only like if they don't trust him, why are they filming? Is because it's because he's the only one that's filming anything. Um. So I don't know. I don't know what you did. What What did you have like everything on like Terry's introduction and like his like trip through Paris and meeting all the graffiti artists? Did uh, you have well, any like thing you had to say about that? I have or? not. You, dude, you're following all cylinders today. Like I, you're just taking all my points that I have, and you're just you know spouting them already. I feel like I'm not talking enough, but uh, yeah, you're doing you're doing good in saying what you're saying. Well, okay, well, what did what did let's I'm gonna ask you again. Like, what are you? Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Like, reiterate points. Like, no, like you you're nailing. Let's it. have a just discussion. Keep, like, what? no, we're gonna have a discussion. We're gonna keep having a discussion. But you know, just keep going. Keep going with your doing. Okay, whatever. Um. 
I also feel like I'm kind of zooming through this film. Uh, well, I think well, I think because this film, it's not it's not just about Terry and what he's doing. It's more also, about the actual discussion that it's trying to prompt and that we're going to have in a little bit. Yeah, but that's a that's a good point. It's a lot more like, than, this than is just like, Terry. This is the first, um, like legit like actual like documentary. I mean, Walls with Bashir. I think we said that it was. It was technically a documentary, but this is more of a... It's like a half. Like, it's a this half. is like more of a traditional documentary. So it's kind of it's kind of uh, a new venture to see like how we talk about these. But um like I don't like we're not gonna talk about every other scene as we well, would in, like, it's kinda narrative. hard to do that because like especially the structure of a of a of a documentary, it's not there's not scene one, scene two, it's I mean, some are, but at least in this one, it's more of you know, it's like a, it's more of a organic, uh, you know, story in the sense that it's, it's very fluid and there's not, and there's not very, it's not a very, uh, huge structure like um that we're used to, but you know, uh, we can get through it and we're getting yeah. through it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. It's just, I just feel like we're kind of zooming through it, even though we're well because <laughs> thirty six minutes well, in, be- I just feel like well because again, we're we're talking about. What is the film trying to say? I guess it's build up to this discussion. Because I feel like we're going to have a big discussion towards the end of this. Yeah, I feel like we are. Okay, so anyway, we, uh, after we finish with, um, Terry's introduction and his Paris trip, he, and he's, and throughout he's progressively, he's meeting more and more street art, street artists, and he's, um... And he, and he's interviewing them, seeing what they have to say, so we've kind of, we've kind of said everything, but now there's the uh, quote-unquote L.A. trip, and that Terry needs, he, he feels like he needs more and more. That adrenaline rush that he initially had is starting to wear off, and and through this need for adrenaline, he meets uh, Shepard Ferry, which he is such a badass um, artist in that, so... For those of you who don't know who Shepard Ferry is, he did the uh, like the he he did the uh, Obama uh, change or hope picture, kind of like the different uh, the different colors like the different blues and and red uh, that was really predominant and kind of like the figure like the image that was his his two thousand eight cam- uh, campaign yeah, his that, that, campaign that iconic picture that you that we all know. Of you know yeah the the hope or change whatever yeah. it's that 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 was yeah the forefront that was of his campaign was yeah, that was what we're talking about and and then he also has done the uh, Andre the Giant Obey which um they get into in this documentary but um I think that Obey especially before this I'd seen this I was like I'd always seen that but I didn't know what it was and that's kind of the point of what uh, Shepard Ferry wanted from this. It, so, before we get into that, uh, Terry meets Shepard uh, be, because uh, his cousin, Space Invader, uh, introduced him to introduced Terry to Shepard Ferry because they were supposed to do some uh, like a co- like collaboration throughout LA, and uh, Terry went along with them, and and so. They meet, and Terry starts asking him, like, about his art, and he gets into, like, what he does, and things like that, and then, um, he reveals that his, uh, that his, like, Shepard Fairy's main 
like art form is through repetition and i think that's a really interesting idea uh fairy goes on to say like the more images that there are the more important it seems and the more important <coughs> it seems like the more people are going to want to like look into it which goes into my like i knew what the obey andre the giant symbol was but I just, and so I was like, it's, this seems important. Like, I feel like I should know what this is, which is exactly the point that he wanted. And I think that there's this different, oh, I think Fairy goes into, like, there's real versus, per- like, perceived power. Um, and so this is more the perceived power. And I don't know, what do you think of, like, the introduction, like, what do you think of Shepard Fairy or, like, the introduction to him and, like, what his kind of, like, motto and art is? Or yeah, graffiti art. I mean, I kind of felt like that too when I first watched this. Oh yeah, I know the obey. Like I, I know I've seen that. Um, and actually, funny story. I see that around my college campus a few times. Like it's just like this little, you know, square, you know, sticker that's posted, you know, in like, in like maybe two spots on my, um, university. And I actually just started seeing it after I saw the movie, and I said, oh wow, like, um, it goes, it just goes to the show, like how. You know, even the depths of, you know, where I go to school, it even reaches there. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the repetition, you know, you say it enough time. It's kind of like where you say it enough, it actually becomes true, even if it isn't. It's kind of like that mentality where you just keep, you know, putting it out there, putting it out there, putting it out there, you know, um, you know, to hell with whatever the, whatever is going to happen afterwards. And, you know, eventually it'll catch, hopefully, I mean, you know, with any, with a little bit of luck, it catches on, just because you see it so much, um, and, I mean, it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of, like, a situation where, you know, there's definitely been, like, cases where, you know, people have, like, directed uh, so many movies or written so many books that, you know, you kind of just say, oh, wow, like, they did all this, and you kind of, that's kind of becomes, like, the shtick, and that's how you know them. Um, and it's kind of like a similar thing where you just kind of see it everywhere, you, and you, eventually you're going to see it because it's everywhere, and I kind of, I agree with kind of this, what he's trying to do, and I think it's, it is effective, but you have to do it the right way, but, yeah. Um, I don't know, I just thought that was really interesting, as I do with most, thing, most things with street art, um, so through this meeting, Terry is really starting to get his, his the lay of the land of L.A., which plays really important <coughs> later on. So he's he's, uh, he's really learning through experience. He's climbing up on rooftops with uh, Shepard Ferry. He's going to spots. He's looking for cops. He's really like he's really learning how to do this, and which, in my opinion, learn through experience is probably the best way. And it's just it's really. And, like, and the footage, as much as I don't like Terry, and I just think, like, the footage he gets is is spectacular and awesome, but he just films so much that, um, just, and, uh, it's just, I don't know, I just think it's really cool when he climbs up on buildings and... Well, he's actually getting and, in, like, you know, the quarter for is like, getting in the shit, like, actually doing this, or, like, helping them, you know, he's actually one of, one of the guys that's actually, you know... Uh, helping carry out this this uh, art, so you know whether even if it's through like indirectly, he is becoming a street artist or a street or a graffiti artist. However, the yeah, he's he's starting to learn how to become one. Yeah, and through all of this like following and and um and filming and like asking questions and learning, they ask they they ultimately finally ask the question like Terry, what are you filming all of this for? 
and he and he decides to say, you know what, I'm gonna make a documentary, which makes sense. I mean, he's literally filming everything, and and then it goes just kind of like beginning of him trying to make a documentary, and it's quite apparent he has no idea what he's doing. Is um, this is this where they show his? Oh, never mind. That's when he meets Banksy. I was gonna say, is this when he shows his like actual cut? No, of, this well that goes on later on. Yeah, 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 that's after or a little we'll bit get later. Because I have some things I want to say about that, but like again, this this like beginning stuff, he obviously has no idea what he's doing. Like, um, and especially as like someone that does a lot of. Not a lot, but someone that does filming, uh, expect, even if it's just, like, a hobby, like, it's just, like, you're sitting there, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, so, immediately following the the claim that he's going to make a documentary, it has Shepard Ferry sitting down in a chair, and he's talking, and Terry is zooming in and out of his face, like, he is, like, a child with, a- like, ADHD, or ADHD, and, like, and you're like, what the hell? He it's like, it's like in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, and and then he does the um, like the clap or like the take, like before, like before the scene, and that just looking at it, he seems confused and he's not sure like why he did what he did, like he like so the reason you do that clap, uh, like in movies they have like the. I, I'm forgetting what it's called, but like it's like oh marker and they and they and they uh, click. It's to sync the video and the audio. And when Terry does it, he like all right take take one and he claps it and then he just like claps it like two more times. And he's use and I mean I guess he, it doesn't matter what you use, but he just does it and then he walks away. And it's like he doesn't know like what he's doing. And um, so I don't know, but at least like. At least Terry, like again, again, it goes back to like Terry doesn't know how to stop. So just because he doesn't know what he's doing, he still keeps going, and I think that's really awesome because because Terry doesn't know how to stop and just films everything. You get to see everything that Shepard Ferry does, and I think that's really cool. This is where he explains obey, um, like the obey symbol of Andre the Giant, like why he's using it, uh, repetition, things like that. But it's also uh, Terry is getting his thrills. He's starting to get that adrenaline rush. He's starting to get new highs, and and it's just really really cool. Which is I think is the point of of showing this is to show like that this art is completely different. Like you're not in a studio. You're not. It's not a controlled environment. It's like you're, it's kind of like you it's sporadic. Out. It's it's far, it's you know it's sporadic. It's um, it's like jazz. You know, it's very, it's a uh, very um, you know, you improv. You know, you go with the flow. You kind of react. It's reactionary. Yeah, and like also like the film like Banksy or like the filmmakers they obviously want to get this point across because the music that is playing in the background is like very like heroic. It's kind of like we are doing something that is benefiting, like, this, like, society. Or it's, like, it's bigger than us. Yeah. And, again, through this, like, we're seeing more shots of Terry, like, meeting more and more artists. He's learning more and more about this craft. And, and, I kind of, like, all the documentaries coming along. But, 
he's it, it, and this introduces the idea of Banksy, um, the elusive Banksy, and this is like he he's probably the most well-known street artist. Um, this is where they start. Like this is kind of like planting the seed. Now his introduction, I absolutely love it. Like the music, it's like that sneaky, like thief, like mischievous, like kind of theme. And this is like the stuff that I like. I was first like introduced to Banksy was like him going into an art, an art gallery and just putting his own paintings up there. Or, um, uh, was the first. Or like going into a like a public like square and setting up like a dummy with balloons and letting it just go up in the air like something like just like things like that and it's like mysterious yet very very cool and and it's like all the introduction to Banksy and like Terry once like he's like I have to meet him I have to meet him I have to meet him and and so but they transition that introduction to Banksy it's like well how can like, like, how can we use Banksy, but this documentary doesn't exist? And this is where I said in the beginning that Terry starts to film... Well, I, it kind of gets into this point at this... Or, like, why he films everything now. But, so, it just says, Terry's documentary doesn't exist. And it just goes through all the tape he has. And it wasn't going anywhere. And... The thing I, I took from this, like, seeing all this tape, is literally, like, a storeroom of just tapes and tapes and tapes. And he's like, you know, some of them weren't even marked. Some of them had a year. Some of them were, like, really specific, like, the date and the year. But some of them didn't even, even have the year. And I was like, Jesus. And, like, what I took from this was, like, I, like I've made a few short films or, like, shorts. Uh, I, I did make a short film. And... Yeah, I shoot a lot of footage. That's kind of like how my style is. It's like, you you have to film a lot just so you know, like, you have a lot to work with. But, like, dude, this... That just goes to show Terry's manic, you know, kind of personality. Like, I, I couldn't even imagine watching this. Like, r like okay, so right now, it's it's kind of funny that we're, like, we're talking about a documentary. And, like, m my current project is I'm working on a documentary uh, at my school, I am on the swim team, and I'm making a documentary of our season, and I do so much, and I shoot so much footage, and I'm, and, like, as of now, I'm just kind of practicing making, like, little shorts of our season, like, like, the first one was, like, the first week of practice, and then the second one was Halloween, and now I'm working on a video of, um, our three-day invitational, or, yeah, our, like, three-session invitational, and it's just so much footage, and I'm like, geez, like, I have to go through all of this, and now, like, when I actually start putting the documentary together, it's like, fuck, there's gonna be a lot of document, or, a lot of footage, but this is, like, thousands upon thousands of hours of footage, and I'm like, I can't even imagine, like, watching all of this footage, and, like, just trying to put, like, a coherent film together, especially if it's not even marked or labeled. Um, like I said, this, it goes into why Terry films everything, which, like, to reiterate, it's, he doesn't want to forget his past because of his troubled past, and he just wants everything to live on forever, and my point is, if he films everything and he wants it to live on forever, like, why don't you watch what you record? Because then it makes it utterly pointless. Like, if you just <clears throat> film something and then you let it sit in a box... It just seems like there a compulsion. Was... Honestly, it just seems like this is obviously a very traumatic 
uh, experience for Terry, and it just seems like this is his way of coping. So even though it's like he isn't necessarily, yeah, he might not ever watch this again, but it's therapeutic for him to just know that if he wanted to, he could. I, I just kind of took it as that. I don't actually believe that Terry sits down and watches everything that he records. But yeah, just the fact that he knows that if he could, and he can, that um, that that in of itself is therapeutic for him, and that's why he does it. Um, but also, like, when you watch the movie, the film, Terry isn't, you know, he doesn't strike you as, like, a normal guy. So, I mean... That just kind of goes into why he does that. At least that's my interpretation of it. Not saying anything's wrong with that. It's just, you know, kind of him. I don't know. It get, and then he gets into, like, he says, I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop. Like, he just keeps going. Which, um, explains a lot of his personality. But, um, so, and then this is, we get more about Banksy, about his, the West Bank, the balloon girl, uh, he's starting to build more and more popularity. Kind of reiterates like how much Terry wants to meet him, and and you know like when all hope seems lost in 2006, uh, Terry finally gets his wish and he's able to meet Banksy. And the reason he gets it is because uh, Banksy needs pretty much a guide throughout LA uh, for all like the quote unquote good walls and like uh, like kind of a lookout and things like that. And so got and so. Everything that has been like, like everything's been cultivating to this point of just he's been getting to know all these artists. He's filming. He's building like a reputation for himself. And they say, you know, like there's this French guy who knows, like he knows all the good walls. He knows his way around the city. He's a little eccentric, but like he can get, he can get, he knows how to do his job. And so Banksy calls him and says, like, or he asks Shepard Ferry to call him, and Terry just comes right away. And at this point, like the the budding friend, like the a budding uh, friendship, it starts to emerge, and and then it's it's like kind of funny, um, and then Ter- uh, and Banksy sets some ground rules for Terry, like you can film me, but you can only film behind me, you can only film my hands, you can't film my face, only in like low lighting can you film you can film me work, and it's funny, it's like there's like angelic music when Terry is going with with Banksy, it's I took that as like well. Like, they wanted to imply, like, an angel brought, like, Terry there. Like, kind of, like, divine intervention. And it's also really cool to see Banksy, like, work. Like, to see him, like, cut his stencils and to, you know, put them up and, like, be like, alright, this is, like, we're gonna do this wall, let's do it. And it's just, I thought that was really cool, especially as, like, a fan, or at least an admirer of Banksy's work. Yeah, uh, I, I actually thought that was really cool, kind of see, like, the master at play, um, because, yeah, even, even though, like, I, like I said in the beginning, I only, I only know Banksy is, and it was really cool seeing, like, him, yeah, at work, um, and also see, you know, uh, the, you know, staples of Banksy that we kind of know and love, uh, especially I remember seeing, like, the rats and the mice doing, you know, uh, I think holding up or doing something, it was something with the mice and rats, and also the, um, I think it was the flower, the protesters holding, like, the bouquet of flowers, um, and also, just a lot, I mean, it was just cool seeing him at work, um, and really, it kind of gives personality to this kind of figure that, you know, like, oh, he's not just, like, this shadowy figure, this shrouded in mystery, um, he, he actually does his stuff, yeah. Yeah, so, 
and through this LA trip, um, they they develop this really close friendship. And Banksy takes Terry to London, and this is where we get this telephone uh, pole, like bent telephone, like pushed over, kind of like a, a re- like just a, an interesting art form or like yeah. art idea of like rebellion. We get to see more of this creative process of Banksy, like he's scouting the location. Um, we get to learn more about, uh, hear from his crew that help him, and they're like, "Who the who? Who's this guy? Like, why? Like, Banksy is supposed to be like elusive. Like, no one's supposed to know who he is. But now, like, we're having someone follow us, follow him around. Who's who's filming him? Like, it kind of goes against like the code that he's set. And and then and then we get into Terry, uh, the start of it all, I guess, where he. Um, starts to you know delve into his own projects, right? No, that happens. Yeah, that I'm. Yeah, right after London, the telephone pole. Well, I'm looking at my notes. Um, I just have the movie. I, I do have a up few right more now. things about to say about London. Oh, okay. Well, okay, that's after the London trip. But yes, uh, I just but I, there's a few more things about London that I oh, want to okay, say. I'm sorry. Um, especially. So after this telephone pole, Terry they they tell Terry to stay and get reactions. And one of the things, like, people are saying, oh, we really like this, and what's, and I think Terry had called uh, Banksy, like, a Robin Hood. Like, people kind of look up to him, and they like his art. I don't know if Terry said that or someone, like, a, like a passerby said that. Um, but either either way, I really like that idea that they think, they, that the public views him as, like, a Robin Hood. And now my favorite part of this segment, the London segment, is you get to see what it, what I assume is Banksy's workshop. It's so it's so cool and it's so awesome. Um, Banksy is finally trusting someone, which is big for him. And and and, and the segment also shows like this uh, workshop segment shows just how like powerful Banksy really is. And it goes into uh, he had forged a hundred or one point five. Uh, million dollars, which is uh, a million pounds, uh, and he ended up putting uh, Lady Diana instead of the Queen on there, and he was just gonna be like, you know, we were just gonna do it as a, like a prank. We were just gonna like throw it out, but they found out that if they went like to like somewhere, they could crumple it up and just put it around, and they could buy. They could actually worked because it was just that it looked that legitimate, and. It was also cool because he he print like he printed it himself, and and so, which an interesting thing I have to say. But real quick, uh, like that it it actually worked, but they didn't use it. That and like this is interesting in that they recognize that there was a line that shouldn't be crossed. That it's like all right, when does it become like, when should we stop? And I thought that was interesting that 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 line was kind of like. It, it was there. It wasn't, like, omnipresent that... Or, it's omnipresent. It's not, like, clear-cut, but there is a line. And, now, this goes more to a theory, like, is, is Banksy just a name, or is it, like, a group of people? Or is it, like, just, like, kind of, like... Is it is Banksy a symbol, or is Banksy a person, or is it both? Like, is it, like, kind of, like, a collective group of so people? So, is it, like, Batman? Is Banksy Batman? Is that what you're asking? In a sense, yeah. I mean, like, it, but is it, like, a collective group of people? Because, like, when you think, like, he forged a hundred, or one, or not a hundred, uh, 1.5 million dollars, one million pounds, like, 
how can Banksy do that? So is Banksy like a collective group of people that are trying to like that are using Banksy as a symbol, as an idea, or is Banksy a person? Well, it's both. I feel like well, I mean Banksy is definitely an ins- at least from my perspective, I feel like he's definitely an inspiration to <clears throat> the um, the art the movement as a whole. I mean, he's also a person, but he's also much more than that. He's an idea. And it's not, Banksy isn't, like, the central idea. Banksy is an idea, like, of a, of a whole cluster of ideas. Like, the movement in and of itself is, like, you know, it's something much more than just Banksy or, you know, Space Invader or Mr. Brainwash. It's something, you know, that affects everybody and they can do whatever whatever they want. So, I mean, to just, it's, to ask, like, is Banksy, you know, Banksy, yeah, he is, but there's also much more to it than just him. Well, I was saying, like, is it a collective group of people that are just fooling well, I the feel entire like, world? No, I feel like Banksy is Banksy. I mean, um, but he's just a part. And just like everybody else who helps him, they're just parts in, like, a greater scheme of things. Okay, I mean, I just thought it was I don't an know an if that makes sense. Thing. I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up. But so, after this whole ordeal with Banksy, we're brought up into the States, and this is what you said earlier, that Terry kind of starts to become an artist, and he labels himself Mr. Brainwash, which is an interesting idea in that, like, people are just brainwashed by society to kind of go with the flow and, and like, find an up and flow with things. And, um, so, one of... My big thing about this segment that I think that I don't like Terry... Well, because there's a lot of different reasons why I don't like Terry as an artist, per se. But he covers Shepard Fairey's image with his own. And that doesn't really bode well with me. I mean, maybe, like, Fairey gave him, like, permission to do that. But that just, to me, is, like, a real piece of shit thing to do. Why does he do that? What? I kind of forget. Why does he actually cover over the it, over the image? It's not explained. I'm just assuming it's a really good wall to use, but like it literally goes over and obey. Now I, now it's not now if it's ex, now if he asks for permission, it's not there. But I'm just gonna assume based off Terry's personality that he didn't ask for permission, and. Like, I know it's a little faded and stuff, but I still think that's a really, like, you cover a tag of another artist. And, like, there have been street war, there have been, like, graffiti artist wars, especially, like, with Banksy, that, like, he, like, someone will tag a spot, and then an artist will cover it, and they just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So it's, like, a legitimate thing. Like, it's not, like, only, it's not, like, I'm overreacting to this. Like, artists don't like it when people tag their walls. And so... I don't know. It was just something that I was like, that's not cool that you did that. Um, so, I don't know. That that was just an introduction to him actually becoming a... It's him applying everything that he's learned in the last few years, like following these artists. And now... And then, that's what I don't like him. But this next segment kind of makes me at least jump on the fence with Terry. And it's uh, the whole Disney... Uh, fiasco. So, with Disney, uh, it was, the long story short, Banksy and Terry went into, uh, I guess, the California Disney world or land, wherever, and they put, uh, 
a detainee like dummy in one of the rides. It was supposed to, it was supposed to represent um the Guantanamo Bay like prisoner. It was like orange jumpsuit jumpsuit uh black hood over its head so so i'm assuming this was around like 2004 or so like I early guess. 2000s like whenever whenever that was a big thing it and was meant to protest right it, it was a form of protest it yeah, wasn't just which art, is what right? graffiti art is. yeah but, but also, well not that's always, what he was but, trying to make a message yeah. and that's what banksy does and and so what happens like he puts it in a ride and the entire park literally shuts down and and then terry ends up getting arrested he gets like detained in disney world for four hours he's held for questioning and and throughout that whole time like he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't give up banksy yeah he's able to keep footage of what's of what happened uh he's able to warn banksy when he calls him he doesn't give him up and like but the ultimate and he and he ends up like not getting caught and like bravo, like that took some major yeah. like gonads to do. And yeah. this is why I'm conflicted about Terry, because he stuck by his guns, and he didn't like he didn't well, give up. He well, just the whole t- movie is Terry sticking by his guns, but like in this case, it actually was like pretty hardcore of him to do. It was pretty. I I gained some respect for him when I saw him. Like wow. Like, and I think that's that Banksy did as well because he was like, I knew at this point I could trust Terry with my life, like I could trust him with all my secrets, and I knew that he wasn't gonna give up. He wasn't gonna give me up. He was. He would. He would rather die than give up Banksy, which is what I took from that. And so that was a pretty. I I give him like I said in the beginning. I give him props for when he does something right, <laughs> and that was one of those things that he did right. And then, so, and I feel like, again, I want to say more about that, but I don't know what to say, because I feel like it was pretty clear-cut, like, he just didn't give up Banksy. Yeah. In a pretty, like, ballsy situation. Because this was a pretty, like, significant segment in this whole thing, and I don't want to gloss over it, but I don't know what else to say. I mean, there's nothing really else to say. I guess just keep going on, I mean, just keep going on. Okay, well, anyway, so yeah, it was a pretty important segment. And, um, so then we go back to Banksy's having a, an L.A. show, and what this is telling me is, like, street art is now becoming really mainstream, and this kind of goes into, like, the philosophy of, like, are they sellouts because you're doing this? Like, it's becoming, it's, now, I wrote a paper about this, like, they're becoming part of the system that they try to rebel against. Like, they were go- doing street art illegally because... Um, it was going against the system. They were, like, going with the system would be, like, doing something legally, like, doing it, like, for money, like, to try and, like, benefit. And, like, they were saying, like, F that, we're gonna do it on your wall where you have to take it down, but you might like it, but you still have to take it down. And then, which is, again, why I think it's an interesting point, um, why graffiti is, graffiti art is so interesting. And... Um, I guess, at this point, I want to kind of talk about the papers that I wrote, and, like, I guess here, we can discuss what, like, art is, if, I mean, if you want to have that discussion now, because it's kind of like where, or do you want to hold that off for when Terry becomes an artist? Maybe for when Terry becomes the artist, let's just save the whole what is art, and then, because, for the end. 
Okay. I mean, we're kind of almost done the movie anyway. We have a few things to go. Well, no, I wouldn't say we're almost. Not done. almost done, but we're like we're getting there. We're like a third. We're we have like a third left. I mean, we can keep going. Yeah, I think we should save what the whole what is art argument and everything else for the end. Okay. Well, all right. So, just like a wrap up. So, like I said, like this art show is really like spectacular. Spectacular. Like a lot of celebrities show up. A lot of people are really going to see it. Um, which. Which I don't think that's a part of selling out. I think, or I, I don't want to call it selling out. Um, uh, I'm not what, excuse me. I'm not one of those people that say it's selling out. But people, that's the argument is that they're, it's like he makes millions of dollars off of these shows, um, and then I think he goes to say it's not about the money. It's a tell story, and so right after this, Banksy. I think he realized that people were thinking like, okay, like they people think I'm a sellout. People think other artists that are doing gallery shows or are selling their work are also sellouts. So we need to get this documentary out. And so he really pressures Terry to get this documentary out and finish it. So Terry takes six months to make a documentary and Boy, did he make a documentary. The best way I can describe <laughs> it is if, like, David Lynch, like, made a documentary. Okay, well, okay, that's an interesting point. We'll get to that in a second. David Lynch so, took, like, a bunch of crack and then just made a documentary. Well, okay, well, here's the thing. All right, so this next segment is literally talking about this documentary that he made, that Terry made, called Life Remote Control. Now, I've actually watched ten minutes of this. I'm telling you, it is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. It's like, Bank- Banksy's reaction to this film in the movie is it's such a good representation. And what I would tell you is don't watch it. Like, it, like what they show in this film is good enough. It's like a two, it's like at least an hour and a half long of, of just, just like that? incoherent crap. Like, it's not even, it's not even like the, the that the, that the um that the subject is is crap it, far from it but it's just like the way it's put together is it's like such an incoherent like seizure inducing mess and it's like i understand there's like the artist like view like what's different is different like brian was mentioning david lynch like his abstract films but like at least you can understand what is going on in have there. you seen some of david lynch's short films yeah. Like, so you're telling me you watched The Alphabet? Have you seen I, The Alphabet? I've seen his Staircase one. Oh, well, okay, well, you should watch... like, a you staircase should, with, sh- like, shadow going over Well, you it. should watch The Alphabet, and, like... Is that I mean, just some, isn't that just some saying The Alphabet with, like, children? Yeah, but it's, like, so much more surreal than that, like... But, it kind I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't have a point to it, but I'm just saying it's well, kind of... Say, rem- okay, like, so, this, what's, like, so what's... So, would you consider that what Terry made, hmm? like, a legitimate film... I mean, but, this and, is getting if, into the whole. If you don't, then using your just playing devil's advocate, what makes Dave, what David Lynch does versus no, I'm, that, like, well, I'm just saying it's whole avant-garde filmmaking. Like, I, I mean, ultimately, sometimes avant-garde, you watch it and you say, "What the fuck was the point of this?" And you have no idea why. And that's like, whether or not that's good avant-garde filmmaking or not is a, a completely different conversation. But I mean. And also, when I made the whole David Lynch comment, I'm not saying, like, David Lynch sucks. I actually hold David Lynch in, like, high regard. 
I mean, oh, I'm yeah. just saying it, it was reminiscent of, like, this whole, like, I don't know what the hell I'm watching sometimes in some situations. Just like Life Remote Control. I kind of well, look at I shit. I think one of the things, like, that, if you want to use that David Lynch comparison, like, David that was Lynch just the, makes, That was just the first thing. Well, like, those, like, mind. his, like, really abstract shorts are, like, they're, like, not long. They're, like, maybe five minutes max, ten minutes max. I guess. I've never seen... I guess, but that is, like, a How long is Life Remote Control? I've never seen uh, it. I'm... Well, okay, I haven't seen the whole thing either, but... I've, I've, I literally have no desire to see I it. I think it's at least an hour and a half. God, life. is it just that? Is it just... Yes, Life Remote Control. Um, is it just, like, incoherent, just cuts and shit of just nothing? So, I'm looking at the... It literally... I feel like if I was schizophrenic, that's what my mind would be. Well, that's what Banksy pretty much says. Um, it is 75 minutes... Of just Wait, that? There's two of what times. they show in the movie? It says 75 minutes and 90 minutes. And IMDb says that a series of miscellaneous film footage are put together to represent life as if watched in front of a television screen with a remote control. And it has a 4.7 on on IMDb. I don't know. Whatever. But, like, because the... Uh, the it's just so chaotic. Yeah, and, and like the uh, like I really liked like what they first showed. So if it was like an intro, it's like oh yeah, this is really cool, and then it gets old, and then it just keeps going. Within like within like fifteen seconds, you're like oh my god, what am I watching? Um, and I think the um the 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 DVD has um what do you call it? It has like a ten minute like clip from it, and I watched like the ten minutes, and I was like literally looking at my watch. I was like, what am I watching? And what Banksy says about it is, I think it's so funny and so true. He just says, maybe Terry wasn't a filmmaker, but someone with a men- with mental problems who happened to have a camera. And I'm like, that is probably not too far from the truth. Um, and he said, it's like someone with a short attention span with a remote control. And it's at this point that Banksy's like, okay, I can't trust Terry to make this film. Uh, so he decides to make it with, like, he decides to make it himself. He just takes his, he just takes his footage and he just, like, to keep Terry busy, he says, all right, just go put on a show. Um, you know, make it, like, quote-unquote, like, big. Like, just keep busy while I do this for you. Like, you obviously aren't competent enough to do this, so let me do it. And so Terry takes those words and literally runs with it in the biggest way possible. And and so this is when Mr. Brainwash becomes like a commercialized street art. And and so this is when I guess soon we're going to have this art debate because he gets involved in art to make money. You know what? I feel like we should have this discussion of art now. Because yeah, well, I mean, because it's really... I mean, ultimately, what this last segment... just It's really just showing how Terry was really on the fly. He's just kind of taking images that already existed and then, like, kind of, like... Oh, like, like he said, I can just, like, throw paint on, like, an image. Literally just splatter it and then sell it as my own for, you know, $20,000. And that really is, like, the epitome of what well, he does. Well, here's the thing. So... It's how you define art. Now, this is like... Well, yeah, I actually this is have like, more He is like that. a modern Andy Warhol. Now, I'm not going to go, like, spurting facts about Andy Warhol because I am not an art major. I don't, I'm not an art history major. I don't know, like, a lot of things about him. But from what I know is that Andy Warhol did 
a lot similar things like this. Like he took he took art and he mass produced it and um like what, what like I'm trying to like, like the, the, it's like the, the warehouse soup and the Maryland. It's like the room. warehouse like Andy. Like I forget what he called his like Warhol. Uh, well, okay, so I mean. I guess, I mean, I guess that's kind of, regardless, I mean, uh, so my, I guess we're going into the, the conversation now, we've entered, oh, it's the called The Factory, okay, okay that's, I mean, <laughs> we've entered the conversation now of, what is art, um, and, like, I guess, how do you, how, can you be objective, like, can, can you objectify art, I mean, okay, is, is this something that, you know, is open to interpretation by anybody? Well, okay, uh, inter- interpretation, I mean, in terms of what the actual artist does. So, I think what's something interesting is, so... In the beginning, I mentioned that I wrote a lot of, like, papers on this. Well, a lot. Like, I wrote a few papers. And I wrote an argumentative essay last year. Um, like, la- like uh, my first year of college. I'm um, looking at it right now. It's a seven-page paper. And I'm essentially just trying to defend uh, graffiti art. And funny enough, like, do you ever, like, write those papers and you look back and you're like, how the hell did I think of that? All the time. Well, right now, like, I... I remember I was looking at this. Oh, you're and like, wow, I'm too. That's too smart. Like, I'm really like, how smart. How did I write that? Oh, so, I'm so smart. Good job, Pastor. <laughs> so Ryan. I open up yeah. my paper with, "What is art? What what makes a piece? Okay, I'm just gonna read it quote like verbatim. What is art? What makes a piece unique and original when com- when compared to others? Is there even a difference? And I said, there's no right or wrong answers, but it's important to address these matters. And I'm trying to think. I think I was trying to. I was defending whether street art graffiti art is art and what i had said was street art is indeed an art form and should be viewed as such the public needs to stop portraying street art. oh wait, oh, wait. I'm, I'm sorry i was reading a wrong bit there's something i i do say about art i think well the paraphrase if i can't find it is i said something along the lines of you have to stop defining art because it's literally it's like you can't define art it's uh, maybe it's in here, because I, I wrote two papers. I was one was a uh, was a critique of an article that was a pretty much attacking street art. Um, well, I mean, you should know the gist, right? Like, what did you argue? Uh, I, I want to read it verbatim so I get it right. Uh, what what is this? Well, 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 let's let's hear your opinion on. Okay, like, yeah. So while you search, so what am I? A- a- ask me the question. I'll answer. What is the question? Well, what would you define as, I guess, art as you person? Because art is such a subjective thing, which is what makes art beautiful. Yeah. Because it's different to like you can I could literally ask anyone, what is art? And like I, let's say I ask a hundred people what is art, and I'm gonna get one hundred unique, uniquely different answers. Yeah. And I'm, I think in in the in both these papers, that's kind of what I get at. It's like that like that's the beauty of art. Yeah. Is like not being able to define it. So. Yeah. When you say street art isn't art, you're kind of going against, like, that's how I define it, because yeah. that's, in my argument, I was like, you kind of need to define it, but the beauty is, like, you can define it, but not define it at the same time. Yeah, that's, this, that's the thing. I think it's, it can be anything. Art can literally be anything in any form of medium whatsoever, whether it be street art, whether it be traditional art, whether it be, you know, through music, whether it be through film whether it be through literature, it can literally be anything. As you, I mean, 
and and that's the yeah that's honestly the pure beauty of it is like one thing could be total bullshit to me i could somebody like when you look at modern art i'm using quotes when you see like oh there's a chair and a plunger and you're like how the fuck is this art but somebody somebody thinks it is and that's kind of you know it it really ultimately doesn't i think matter like what i think if i look at something and i don't think it's art somebody else does and so yeah, it's a completely subjective experience in every sense of that word, um, and uh, and also I think going in terms of you know what is street art, um, the art the, the argument that street art isn't or is not actual art, like even just using examples that oh you're borrowing you know you're taking somebody else's material and you're you know doing something of your own with it, um, you know like oh you take. Uh, like what what Mr. Brainwash did, he took you know some sort of cultural thing, and then he just like did a little little thing to it, and like said so calls it his. I mean, I don't think that's right. Saying it's completely and totally yours, but that's still art, you know. Um, I mean, shit. Look at you know, uh, you know, I just keep going back to film because this is kind of the most you know best example I can make. Like look at like movie reboots, movie remakes, shit. Um. You know, like, the best example that I think of is Yojimbo versus, um, what is it? Yojimbo. Yeah, first Fistful of Dollars. It's like, that is literally, well, when you look at that, the same movie. That is, it is literally in an ex- almost exact, you know, almost line by line. Well, funny enough, like, just, like, a, like, just kind of, like, reiterating, reiterating your point. Like, I watched Fistful of Dollars first. I watched it with you. And, right before we started this podcast, and then, like, maybe a month and a half ago, I was like, you know, I should watch Yojimbo, because I remember watching Seven Samurai with you, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to watch some more Samurai movies, and I remember sitting there, and I forgot that Yojimbo was exactly like, yeah. or like, Fistful of Dollars was based off of Yojimbo, and I was like, wow, this is almost verbatim, the exact same movie, so I never, like, I had to stop watching it, because I remember I had to, like, go out somewhere, and I was just like, you know, I'm not going to go back to Yojimbo, just because I know... The plot, like I know what's gonna happen, but I'm just kind of like going. Have you seen your your your, Have you actually seen your Jimbo all the way through since or not? Yeah, I finished it. All right, well, good because I think (laughs) Jimbo in its own right is is like a. I know, but like back to what you were saying, like. Yeah, I mean, what is art? We can't actually answer that. It is something that is, you know, yeah. Again, like you said, if you ask a hundred different people, I get a hundred different answers, um, or variations of like similar answers, um, yeah. I mean. It really, when it comes down to it, you can take anything and make something new out of it. It's just, it's maybe a variation. It might be something completely new inspired from it. Would you, like, call, you know, even that's how we all start as artists. You, that's how you start. Even, like, I'm speaking personally from, as a writer, the way you typically start is you take people that you like, even from film. That's how I did it, too. You, you take people that you admire, and then you copy them, and then through that, you find your own style. Like, when I first started writing, I've been writing since I was, like, eight years old. I, I can tell you, I started writing, like, Stephen King when I first started writing, and then I and then I adopted Chuck Palahniuk's writing style, and now I've come to adopt my own style. It's kind of like the same thing, you know, same, or it's an organic process, and, I mean, it's really, yeah, it's, it's objective. Well, okay, now here's a question. Terry gets involved in, in the art, like, art world for money. Is he an artist now? 
Yeah, do you think there's a point where it's like you could only be an artist if you do it for your message, like for your messages, or if you get involved for your, for just solely the money? Are you still an artist? Okay, so here's the thing. I okay, I we, think once you cross that line of like, oh, I'm just gonna like throw a paintbrush at a canvas and and sell it for a thousand dollars, like that's not art. No, that if you just like if you're just like so like I just want. I just like want some money, and you just throw a paintbrush. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna sell that for a thousand dollars. Like, there's no meaning. Okay, like, the well, the it, whole point for art for me is the meaning behind your piece. No, it ultimately matters is who, what does the artist think? I mean, cause that that make you're an artist if you fucking I can take a pencil and draw a smiley face, and that makes me an artist because I I did that picture. But you know, ultimately, it, it comes down to the artist of. Are they doing this to make money? And in that sense, that is their only gender. They're not doing it to actually, like, create or, you know, say something. Honestly, I think, honestly, I'm going to put a definition down on art is you are trying to say something for, through one way or another. There's something you're trying to communicate. It could be so abstract or so concrete. Whatever the hell you're saying, you're trying to communicate something through art or trying because, to do something. Like, I think, and if you're making money, if you're trying to sell out and make money, and that is your only objective, no, that does not make you an artist. Like, that I makes can't, you a businessman and a sellout. I can't tell if Terry is like what he is because, yeah, he gets in like, like for example, like when he's like, all right, I need to make a hundred like copies of this like of like a signature piece that each one is different. He takes a businessman approach and gets a hundred copies and just like kind of like spray paints like just put droplets on them where it's like minute differences. Whereas I feel like the artist would have tried, like the quote unquote artist would have tried to do a hundred different like one hundred different unique images. What he took the businessman approach and was like, oh yeah, you'll get like a hundred like um, originals, but it's like the only thing original about Technic- it. Technically, they're original, but like. But it's, like, it's such a technical, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. a businessman approach, whereas, like, the artist approach is, like, I'm gonna do a hundred different images, even if it's just, like, me drawing on it. But, like... But, like, really, that could but be... But, like, here's the thing. I feel like Terry has, like, some things that he does want to tell messages. Like, he he has, like, he, he has, like, things he wants to tell from his art, and then there's others that he doesn't. Like, like mis- the whole idea behind Mr. Brainwash is such an interesting idea, is that, like, oh, as a society, we're brainwashed to believe whatever, like, they tell us to believe. So, hence my name, Mr. Brainwash. And then his art kind of goes with that. And, uh... So, like... And getting into Terry's art, whether he's an artist or not, like like I said, his style reminds me of Warhol, like and that he mass produces his work, and he is and he's very stylistic, like he is a specific style, um, and so like now I'm not an art major or an art master, and no means I'm a bio major, um, but like he does have some interesting ideas in that. Uh, his barcode images, and, like, there's images hidden in the barcode, his, like, Marilyn Monroe kind of, like, style, where he applies that, like, stylistic to, like, every, like, a lot of celebrities, um, (laughs) his, his, like, Campbell Soup Spray Cam, which is, like, his homage to, I guess, I want to say his idol, but, like, essentially who he's basing all his work off of, um, yeah, and then, like, Bat Poppy, and, like, it's, like, Batman's, like, heritage, where it's, like, old pictures with people with bat masks. Like, I like that. I really like that. But he just adds, he just sees something and adds to it. But, like, 
if it's so, like, then there's that argument. If that was so simple, why didn't anyone else do it before him? And then there's like the Mona Lisa eye patch. Like, so there's like things like that. And, mm-hmm. but, so it's like you look at these and you're like, why? And like he makes like, and he, and he hires people and he's like, oh, can you make like a, Camber, a Campbell's soup can that's a spray can? Or, um, like a Beatles, like can you like a like a Beatles image, and you trace the dots, like it's and and it's such there's such good ideas. Or like, can you make a monster out of TVs? And it's such a there's such original ideas, and like you like they're so simplistic, but no one else thought of them. Um, but he's more so. It's like, oh wow, he has to be an artist, regardless if he does does it himself. Like he needs help. Like like I feel like art, especially like in regards to filmmaking. So I think it applies to like this art like physical world it's like you need it's a collaborative effort and uh but he's so more preoccupied with the promotion and the ideas of it like the promotion of his show and another thing i don't like is like in filmmaking uh like like a director will say like yes this is what i want but at least he credits like he doesn't say i made like for some reason, I'm thinking of, like, John Carpenter's, like, The Thing. Like, he's, like, I, he's not, like, I made that puppet. I did the cinematography. I did everything. No one else helped me. It was only me. No, like, there's people that help him, and he gives credit to where credit is due. Whereas I feel like Terry is, like, I did that. I did this. I Like, that's my idea. Like, no one helped me on that. Like, he kind of, like, he kind of is, like, I, I everything you see in here I did and I I hanged I hung up all the pictures like I I had my little fingerprint on it like he thinks he's like I don't know and he just doesn't give credit where to like everyone like that didn't do it so it makes it seem like he's big and I don't like that um and I like I said there's just too many there's just too much stuff on the pre-production and like the that he and he's just like thinking of like the future as opposed to getting it done and again it goes into it obviously he has no idea what the hell he's doing which granted like he like there like there are no there are no rules and like there's no one really there's no right way to do it but he just doesn't know what he's doing he has to get all this outside help which is nothing wrong with getting outside help but the fact that He's not recognizing that there's a problem. When people are pressing him, like, we need to get going, he's like, oh, just, just you know, like, calm down. Things are going to work out. And they're like, no, like, you need to do this now. And at this point, I find him so infuriating and annoying at, f- at like, a full blast at this point. Like, I can't stand him. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just think people are doing the work for him. And, like... One thing I notice is, like, it's, like, yes, he has original ideas, but what you were saying, Brian, like, he takes ideas from others and then calls them his own. Like, what, exactly what you said. Like, there's a, I remember there's that point, now that I'm looking at my notes and remembering, there's, like, one of his, I guess, like, secretaries or something. It's like, oh, yeah, here's his notebooks. And, and he literally puts post-it notes of whatever inspires him. And there's, like, three books that have, like, all post-it notes. And he's like, yeah, like... And there's nothing wrong with being inspired by that. But he's like, he'll take this image and then, like, add something to it and be like, it's original. It's mine now. And... Which isn't 
true at all. That that and actually, like, I'm pretty sure, like legally, that isn't true. And like, it continues his idea from a, like a thrift store, like that thrift store mentality of like he like I think I have this written in my notes, like quote, "It's gold. You spray it, and then it's suddenly worth like twelve thousand dollars." And I'm like, "What the hell?" Like you literally, and he says it with such a smug expression, yeah. and it's like you literally are going against, like I mean. I mean, in my in my interpretations, like you're you're just kind of like, yeah, I can just like pull a button and it's worth so much more money just because it's my my print is on it, and that in and I and I think that's why people don't like Terry is because he's just like you know I can make so much money off this. No, I think the reason is because people like that, and like there are people who actually like do that, like who artists who do that. Where we the people don't like them is because they kind of view it something that's not that as we view it we view it as something that's like inspirational and you know powerful and um you know beautiful and then they view it as something that you just make money off of um you know you could still and like those people still have like oh this is like art this is beautiful art I'm inspired but ultimately I'm gonna make money at the end of the day with this and that's what like pisses people off and that's what pisses me off because I mean like we're not, you know, selfish, we don't think about money, you know, we don't compromise the art for the profit, yeah, um, so, before we move on to how the show actually does, um, and, like, I guess leading up to the show, do you consider Terry an artist? Uh... By technical, by like technical terms, no, not yes, by, he is. Oh but, yeah, like, by technical, your opinion, yeah. do you? Yeah, like, technically an yes, but I mean, I guess in my own opinion, I mean, like it's really hard because like what we've been saying is like there are times where he looks where he's actually an artist, where he takes something and like makes it his own. I mean, but then at the same time he views it, he's looking at it the wrong way. I mean, I think it's all a matter of how you're looking at it and your perspective on things. I mean, like, I would, I would, in my opinion, I don't know, because, yes, I would think he's an artist. Not a good one, in my opinion. By my standards, he's a shitty artist. Why do you think he's a shitty artist? Because he, he, he looks at money. Money is the is some usually the prime director. So you're looking at his, his motivation and not his art. I think, honestly, motivation goes into it just as well as your ability. But I, I mean, I'm also looking like. But also, I think ability trumps motivation. On on my side, it's like I think yes, he is an artist because of like like I mentioned earlier, I think what he produces or what his team produces, what I like. But the thing is, like, there's that gray area of like what does he think of, and then what like because he says he goes up to his his crew and says this is what I want, do it, and then they do it. So it's like. It's kind of like is your is your red my red or like my my blue your blue like he's kind of like this is what I want he just describes it and since he doesn't have the talent to actually like draw it out and say this is what I want mass produce it he lets graph like because he he has no idea how to use Photoshop and anything like that he could just go up and say this is the idea that I want do it and then someone does it and he says you know what that's what I want and then that's mine like. And, like, so, like, there's that gray area of, like, is he, like, what's his and what's, like, someone else's idea that he's just saying is his. So, like, based off the assumption that everything 
that he produces is ex- is is literally 100% exactly how he wants it. Yes, he's an artist. If what I just said, like the latter of like of um huh. excuse me, bless you. You're about to sneeze. <coughs> ah, bless me. you. Um anyway, if the latter of what I said is that like he just kind of says it's his, then no, he is by no means an artist. Um but there, it's I don't know. It's that I think this is like one of the reasons I like this movie is because like, it has conversations like this. Like, is he an artist? And so the verdict is yes, yes. Essentially, yes. Um. So yeah, I guess that's a that's our art. This, I mean, I'm sure we'll touch back upon it. Yeah, but no. I want to talk about how his show goes because every like. A lot of people think he is, like, a well-established, like, very good artist. Um, leading up to a show, people are, like, the cr- like the crew is, like, man, I'm never working for, a br- like, a Mr. Brainwash well, even again. Like, even, um, he's artists like, are, like, wow, he's not an artist, he sucks. And then everybody's, like, he's such a visionary. This is revolutionizing Well, I think that art. goes to show, like, I think he personally, like, fit his name. He brainwashed the public. Like, or, like, that's how he... He succeeds is because he, um, he feeds that brainwashed, quote unquote, brainwashed like art community. Yeah. Because the people that quote unquote aren't brainwashed are the artists that yeah. are like he's a sellout. He's not an artist. He's taking from ideas from other people. He's making other people do his work, and he's not. He's not doing anything. And they're like he's not an artist. And then there's like the public, the general public, who are who he who Terry is saying is brainwashed, the basis of his name, and then they walk in and they're like, wow, this is all amazing. Which, granted, the images themselves are very, like, captivating and interesting to look at. Yeah, well, so um, they are pretty cool. And I think that's just an interesting idea, is that he himself, like, just, um, I don't know the words, just kind of reinforces his name, and that he's brainwashing people, or quote-unquote brainwashing people. And so, like, leading up to a show, he's, like, again, I said more, like, promoting a show. He takes a quote from Banksy. He ends up breaking his leg, his leg, which I think is karma, in a sense. Yeah. Is that, and then he just uses it as an excuse to kind of, like, mope around and just be like, yo, my leg's broken. And then people are like, you know what? F it. We're just going to put shit up on the walls ourselves. And, like, and it goes more into, like, Terry did nothing. Like, he, he kind of, like, set things in motion, but he did, had no like, say, and I actually like his show, and so, but then the show goes exceptionally well, like, people actually try, like, sneaking in and breaking in, which is funny, like, because they wanted to see it, and just because he is a business, he's a businessman first and an artist second, um, he's George Lucas, yeah, honestly, I was, I was literally about to say George Lucas, but, you know, once we, we're gonna get to Star Wars at some point, and honestly, I respect George Lucas, but, you know, We'll get there. We get there. Oh, I don't, but, but we're gonna keep going. But um, uh, I have a quote written down. Uh, I think it was said by Banksy. It said Terry missed out on finding himself. His art looks like everyone else's. So that kind of reinstate, like reinforces, like he's, he just he takes everyone else's work. He doesn't. He doesn't have his. Own, well, I think his. He's a stylistic approach, but he kind of takes from everything that he has learned. It's kind of like what you said earlier when you like when you first started writing. You wrote like Stephen King, and then you wrote like Palahniuk, and then other artists. And then but I, then, and then, and then you kind of blended them, and then you found your own style. It seems like Terry 
never found his own style. Well, because he just started. This is actually fresh, like, for him. That's kind of like he doesn't know what he's doing because he just, more or less, just started this. And then he's just kind of thrown into the situation and is like, oh, I can do this. Big bang boom. Like, I don't have a style yeah. yet, but I'm going to borrow. And, um... And honestly, like, if, if there was a show like that, I probably would go to it. Like, I'd be one of the massive people that were like, holy shit. But that's, I like that kind of art. It's not necessarily, I like Mr. Brainwash, which, so, agree, I, I like some of his stuff, but, like, they could have, like, a random artist, like, But you don't of, buy into that, into Mr. Brainwash. You just like that Oh, I wouldn't art. be, like, I wouldn't look at, like one of his pieces and be like, yeah, so this is what this Oh is. my god, when you when people are like, oh my god, this is revolutionizing art, I'm like, shut the fuck up, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I would just be really, like, I, I can think... like something, but you, it like, by uh, me looking at, like, if I see, like, a movie that I like, I'm not gonna be like, this revolution, this chase is the game changer. Like, I think they're just buying into the hype. Like, I'm, again, example, buying into the moment. Like, uh, um, example, I am hyped as hell for Star Wars. Do I think this is going to be a game changer? By oh, no, no means. Not no, not at all. It's just something that's <laughs> going to be fun. You know what I it's mean? It's going to be a fun movie. But, like, um, like what I think is kind of... Re- well, I, I don't even want to say revolutionary, because I think that's kind of extreme. But that's like, what people were saying, right? Like, I yeah, they so. were. I don't want to be misquoted. Like, this, is, this is, like... They are like, saying, like, this is, like... Well, it was also... I'm pretty sure it was in the Bohemian district of L.A. So, they're oh. more inclined to say shit like that. But, um... Like mentioned earlier like when we went and found that um that abandoned dc art i thought i want to say revolutionary but that was like really cool it was an easter egg it was literally like art that wasn't showcased if you wanted to see it you had to go find it before it was gone and i really like that style that style of like you it's there if you want to go see it but it's not like fl- like I feel like Terry's more flamboyantly like this is what I do. Whereas those archi- like architect major like artists were just like you know it's in that building. Go find it if you want to. Like it's yeah. like a payoff. And one of the stats I think they said I have it written down is they sold Terry sold a hundred million dollars in art. Holy shit! I yeah. don't remember that first oh first show. Jesus. But I feel like he put everything out there. Like, he put literally everything he had into that show. Um, Damn, and I don't remember that. And I, for some reason I have right after that is Terry isn't ready to be a well-known artist. I don't know why I said that. But, um... Oh, I think Shepard Fairey said that. And and then I have fascinating things to learn, Shepard Fairey. Oh, Maybe he just, was just commenting on... Because like, Shepard Fairey, like, it seems like after the show, everyone is kind of just like, alright, like, we're not we're not going to be... We don't want to be associated with Terry. Seemed, yeah, it seems like they're like, fuck Terry. <laughs> no, I don't want to say necessarily fuck Terry, because they're like, they're like, you know, good on him for his success, but he kind of stole everyone else's idea. Yeah, that's a fuck Terry to me. And, I kind of took it, they're like, yeah, fuck this and guy. And I really love these sound bites of Banksy at the end. It kind of goes into his humor, and I'll read the quotes I have. It's like... Maybe, like, this is Banksy referencing what Terry has done to art. He's like, maybe art is just a joke. Terry didn't play by the rules, but then again, there aren't any rules to begin with. And my, my the last one that I absolutely love, he's like, I used to encourage people to be artists. I don't do that anymore. And he just, like, kind of pauses. He's like, you know, fuck that. And I just really like that. And throughout this... um. Like throughout the like these like sound bites from Shepard Fairey and Banksy and like the how like the raging success of the show we have Terry like kind of like 
spray painting something on a wall and you don't really know what it is until at the end of that like I don't do that anymore like what Banksy said it's 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 a big like it's a it's like a brick wall in the middle of like a destroyed like rubble and it says life is beautiful and what I think is very captivating is that it's destroyed in the end it's just pushed over and destroyed so I don't think there's any symbol I don't think Terry tried to have any symbolism with that because honestly I think he filmed it and he just thought it looked cool but I think Banksy, since he directed it, he had symbolism. But Terry was just an idiot that happened to film it. Uh, but what do you what do you, what do you think of that final shot of like life is beautiful? It's it's a concrete wall and it's pushed over. Well, I mean, like I'm trying to think of like I did. Yeah, I remember thinking like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, and I have like it's kind of like like going back to the George Lucas thing. Like when you think like moments of brilliance in Star Wars, like yeah, no way he actually intended that. There had to be somebody else behind the behind him saying that. Um, so, yeah, just going with, yeah, that had to be Banksy's idea. Um, I mean, what is no, it? No, it was. It most definitely No, was I'm saying, idea. like, yeah, t Banksy influenced it to this is what it actually meant. Terry had no intention of actually conveying that. But <laughs> that's actually kind of funny. So, um, anyway, I guess, like, saying what it means, I mean, in terms of the movie, the, the situation in the movie, um, I mean, life is beautiful and then it comes crashing down, I mean... I don't really know. I don't think he's commenting on life. No, I think he's commenting not. on on like graffiti art. I think it's just like, especially since Terry had done it, because they go to show like Terry, um, because they could have easily just shown life is beautiful falling down, but he goes to show like Terry actually doing it. To me, I think that means that Terry is has a spot, could, a spotlight, could, could and it's gonna be, go away. Why well, being like? I actually think that is like life is art, like art is beautiful, and then Terry, you know, Terry does it, and then it just falls and crashes down, Terry kind of destroys that idea of it being truly beautiful in the sense that it's like, it's, it's not greedy, it's not, you know, motivated by money, because honestly, in my opinion, art is beautiful when it's pure, not, yeah, not motivated by greed or money or what that, so I guess, I guess that's kind of how you could take it, um, yeah, that's, that's, Brian's I'm gonna go cents. full full on that. I like that idea, Brian. I didn't think about that. Go but Brian. I'm gonna sec. Yeah. Go oh Brian. yeah. So and that's then the credits roll, and that is the conclusion of Exit Through the Gift Shop. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, got through another movie. Now we've come to the point in the show where we give our recommendation and star rating. Since I recommended it, I believe we. Go uh, to me. Yeah. To, we go to the person who's first time watching it. So Brian, uh, what is your star rating and recommendation on this film? So I, I would give um, Exit Through the Gift Shop a four to five stars. Um, mainly for the fact, I mean, I, I went into this completely blind, not really knowing anything about street art or the like, what it's about, or I never really like. I'm in. I know, like, like we said throughout this, in, like this, um you know, podcast, that Mike and I are artists, in a sense, and so we have these uh, ideals that art brings, but I never really thought about it, and this film really does bring up very interesting discussions um, that, obviously, we've talked about throughout this whole podcast that are very, we could keep going on, but just for the sake of, like, being brief and about it, and just that we have a show that we have limited amount of time, and we don't want to ramble either, we don't want to bore you guys, you know, this is what, you know, the basis of the argument that we've had, and I think when a documentary, or, like, any movie in particular, can, like, kind of bring out these types of issues, and, uh, you know, poses these questions to think about. I think it does a great job. Also, stylistically, it's 
you can definitely tell that a a true artist is doing this. It's striking. It's beautiful. It's very interesting to watch. I was really never bored. I honestly, ironically, the only segments where I kind of felt like, oh, this is kind of dragging, were like Terry, <laughs> like Terry being Terry, and I was like, oh my god. Um, but that's just my experience of it. Um, mainly because I didn't really like him that much. Um, but you know, the movie does a good job of like conveying these type, this this culture, this like counterculture. And also, like, the, the bitter irony to what Terry becomes. Um, and so, yeah, so that's why I would give it a 4 out of 5. Yeah, stars. and, you know, Brian, we're going to be in complete agreement. I'm going to give this a very strong recommend and a 4 to 5 stars. I just... The reason I um, am going to really give this a strong recommendation is that I think that... One, that this documentary serves as, like, what Banksy wanted is just an exposure for people to get to know what graffiti art is and street art is. Um, I think it's has a lot of really potent imagery, especially just with the art, um, and just the story of it all. And kind of, like, gate, like having, like proposing these questions that Brian and I have, like, what is art? And I think when a film can, like, has that impact of making people talk, like, is Terry an artist or is he not an artist? Is Banksy an artist? Or is, is, like, things like that. Like, I think that... These are pretty thought-provoking questions, too. Like, I didn't really know how to answer it, and I'm still kind of, like, like, iffy the, about the it The beauty now. of it is there are no right or wrong answers. Yeah, exactly. Which is amazing. And that's... And that's a multi and like those are two reasons or like a few reasons of like why I think this film and it's I mean and also just from like a filmmaking perspective it's very like gripping it's very interesting I mean I wasn't really even bored with I mean like the first, I mean I guess there were a few parts that I was kind of like okay like let's, I thought let's I was bored on. I was like oh, but, like this is it's dragging. still like K- Terry no matter how much I don't like him he's still a character Banksy is just amazing to watch Shepard Fairey um all the all the like different variety of street artists that are that you meet are just they're, they're all there's something for everyone in this film i feel like at least artists um so yeah uh four to five stars both strong recommends and that uh that concludes this episode of amateur auteurs uh, uh should i do we should i get my record uh... Oh no, we do that. Well, te- tease, tease. What? Yeah, tease. So next, so this week was my recommendation. Uh, next episode, Brian is going to give me a recommendation. And um, do you kind of want to tease what you want to? Yeah, I guess the tease will be. I guess two little th- hints is that it's the one of the directors was one of. In the, if you go back to the first episode, the pilot. Yeah, I was, was gonna, one I was, of my first director, or he's one of the. the, the Excuse me, I can't talk right now. The directors that I said were one of my favorite. It was it was the idea that I was saying like, um, I'm I'm surprised that I didn't say it. That kind of say him. Yeah. Um, and also uh, I'm trying to think of like a tag to say it. Um, uh, oh, like in the film? No, no. Yeah, I guess. I'm coming. I'm I'm, I'm coming. No. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, if you like pudding, you should like this. <laughs> so, all right, you're good at that, Brian. I'm not. I can't think of any tags for this, but um, okay, for like for when I have to do it. But yeah, you know, yeah, we'll see. Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll see you next episode where Brian uh, recommends a movie for uh, for me. Good old Mike. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank Goodbye. you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at the Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again.